0: Welcome back to a brand new episode of The Carefree and Black Diaries. Here on this podcast, we discuss various topics like pop culture, news, politics, and more. I am the host of this podcast, and my name is Shakira. Welcome back if you're coming back for a new episode. If you are already subscribed, welcome back and thank you for coming. Joining us for another week, another episode you know, a few more minutes to just enjoy each other's company. Now, if you are new here, if by some way you happen to just stumble across this podcast, welcome. Thank you for joining us and we welcome you and encourage you to go ahead and subscribe. When you subscribe to the podcast, you'll be notified every single time we have a brand new episode and that happens to be every, what, Tuesday. At 9 a.m., every Tuesday at 9 a.m., we have weekly episodes here. So go ahead and subscribe, join our carefree family. And yeah, I think that's all I have for the welcome. Now we're going to hop into our carefree updates. All right, boom. So um, a few things I want to cover today in our carefree updates. Hopefully it doesn't end up being too long, but the house voted to make lynching a federal hate crime in 2020 this year. Last week, they voted to make lynching a federal hate crime. Now, if you're like me, the first thought you may have had when you heard this news was, Really, like in 2020, we're just now making this a federal hate crime. But I did see someone say, Well, you have to think of it like this. Um, there were still reports of people being lynched in the South last year in 2019. So, you know, even though we say, oh my gosh, it's 2020. Why is it just now becoming a federal hate crime? Even though it's not as prominent and talked about as it was, you know, in the 50s, 60s, 40s, you know, during that era, era, it's still happening. It is still happening. So no time like the present. I support it. Now, I did want to share this article that I got from CBS News. And after I share this article with you all, I am going to name drop the four people who voted no because there were four people who voted no against making it a federal hate crime. And I'm going to name drop them and I'm going to let you know what state they came from because when you know better, you do better. And hopefully if you live within these states, um, you can write their office, you can write the other representatives and express your disappointment. You can tweet them, at them, do whatever you need to do with the information I'm about to give you. Anyway, here is the article. It says that the House of Representatives approved a historic bill to make lynching a federal hate crime Wednesday. The Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act was introduced by Democratic Congressman Bobby Rush and named for Emmett Till, a 14-year-old African-American who was brutally murdered in a racist attack in 1955. Till's death became a catalyst for the civil rights movement, and he remains a symbol of the thousands of African Americans killed in racist attacks after the Civil War and in the 20th century. The bill passed by an overwhelming bipartisan majority of 410 to 4. Again, those four people who voted no. Quote, lynching is a blot on the history of America, but an even greater blot in the silence that for too long has been maintained. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer said in a press conference ahead of the vote. Speaking on the floor um, before the vote, Speaker Nancy Pelosi said that it has been long past due for such a measure to be enacted. And she said that today Congress has an opportunity to acknowledge its responsibility for its historic failure. Yes, I agree. To confront and end the horror of lynching in America. The text of the bill outlines the history of lynching in the country as well as previous unsuccessful attempts to enact federal anti lynching legislation. To heal past and present racial injustice, Congress must make lynching a federal crime for our nation to begin reconciliation, the bill says. Um, Okay, so I'm going to skip past that because it kind of just goes into more about the bill per se, and you can read up on that on your own time. But near the end of the article, it says that the House passed several anti-lynching measures in the first half of the 20th century, but these bills were blocked in the Senate. Because the House and the Senate bills have different titles and numbers, the two bills will need to be reconciled, meaning that the Senate might have to pass the House version of the bill before it can go to President Trump's desk for a signature That's the article. Now, I, you know, when I heard the news that it passed, I was like, oh, good. But then when I heard that it didn't pass, you know, with everyone voting for it, I was like, who in their right mind said no to that? Like, who thought that that was a bad idea? I looked them up, pulled up their information. One of them is Representative Justin Amash. He is from Michigan. So my people from Michigan, do what you got to do. The second person was Representative Thomas Massey. He's out of Kentucky. My people that listen in Kentucky, do what you got to do. The third was out of my state, Florida. Not surprised. Representative Ted Yoho. I already wrote him on Twitter. Have not gotten a response. Didn't really expect a response, but still I wrote him on Twitter. I added him because I'm like, what's up? Why did you vote no for that? And the fourth person was representative Louis Gohmert. He is out of Texas. And here's an interesting and by interesting, I'm being sarcastic. And I mean, absolutely insane take from representative Massey. Remember that representative Massey is out of Kentucky. He said, <laughs> he said, you know, people were like, why did you vote? No, like, you know, Give us more information, what was your thinking behind that? And he added that um, adding enhanced penalties for hate crimes tends to endanger other liberties such as freedom of speech. Let me say that again. He said, enhanced penalties for hate crimes tends to endanger other liberties, such as freedom of speech. He also said, number one, it's unnecessary. Number two, it's unconstitutional. And number three, and this may be the most important point, I believe that all victims are deserving of equal justice, Massey told WCPO. Quote, I do not believe that we should elevate the rights of some victims on what the judge or jury thinks was going through the mind of the person who committed the crime. That is irrelevant to the victim who is suffering. Okay, um, Representative Massey. I just want to address the last part of what you said. He said that um, it's irrelevant to the victim who is suffering. I may not be the brightest bulb in the box. I don't have a PhD. But I think I can be pretty sure that victims of lynching are dead. I could be wrong. But I believe that people that have been lynched end up dying so how you know your quote says that is irrelevant to the victim who is suffering suffering means that the person would still have to be alive but if i've been lynched i'm not alive anymore so i'm no longer suffering that is crazy to me when i read that quote i was like are you freaking serious to say that it's diminishing of a person's freedom of speech So you're saying that a person should be able to spew hatred as much as they want, um, but you're not speaking on the violence that people are suffering and their families are suffering due to hate crimes. Make it make sense. Like, it just doesn't make sense. I want somebody to make it make sense for me because it doesn't. So that is that on the anti-lynching bill that passed last, um, last week in the House. Speaking of politics, let's talk about my boy Juvenile. Okay. Quick backstory. When I was a kid, my brother, I have two brothers, they are much older than me. And my. The one that I grew up in the house with, he was like a huge fan of Cash Money, the Hot Boys, you know. So when I was growing up, that's what I was listening to. I was listening to Cash Money and the Hot Boys and Juvenile and Lil Wayne and Lil Turk and PG. That's what I was listening to. That's what I grew up on. And Juvenile is my boy. Like in my head, you know, we're friends in my head. He grew up with me. And he did an appearance for Senator, no, not Senator, what is the guy's name? Tom Steer, Tom Stewyer. excuse me if I'm mispronouncing it, but he is a presidential candidate, a Democratic presidential candidate, and apparently he hired Juvenile to perform at this, like, I guess like a rally he was having to get people behind him and the video is hilarious and I really do appreciate people who send me things that want me to speak on things because a few of y'all have sent me the video of juvenile on stage. Like, girl, look at this. And I'm just like, listen, listen, I, I know Tom paid juvenile. And who am I to say that he should not have performed for him? You know, I don't know who he's voting for, but a bag is a bag. You know, in his eyes, a bag is a bag. And he went after the bag. I don't know anything about Tom's um, political history. I don't know what he stands for, or what he stands against. So I can't, like, say, oh, my gosh, I feel like he should not have performed because I don't know. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I do know anything about Tom because I don't. I told y'all before, it was so many people running for president that I was just like really tuned out on everyone that I wasn't, I had not already been aware of. So the Elizabeths, the um, Joe Bidens, the Bernie Sanders, you know, that kind of stuff, the Kamalas. But other than that, I didn't pay those other people any attention because it's just like, it's too many of y'all. It's like 50 of y'all running I don't have the time. So, anyway, I did see the video. The video is hilarious. And I do, um, if you have not seen it, just Google Juvenile um, Tom Steer, that's S-T-E-Y-E-R, dancing, and you'll see the video. It's like back that vote up, you know, instead of back that A up, it's back that vote up. But it was it was hilarious to me. Now, moving on, uh, let's talk about the photograph because I know I promised you all two weeks ago that I was going to give you a mini, mini, mini Many, many review of the film, and I forgot to do it last week. I do apologize because I did say that I was gonna do it, and I forgot, but here we are um overall, I enjoyed the film like I really did enjoy the film. Um, I know a lot of people did not really enjoy it. And I did hear a lot of people say, like, oh, it was boring. It didn't move fast enough. It didn't make sense. I will say that there was one part in the film that I was a little confused. But that maybe because the person sitting on the other side of the person that I went with, like, interrupted us during the movie and was like, hey, you're in the wrong seat. Can you move down? So I missed like five minutes of the film because we were trying to shift the entire road to go down for her. Anyway, um, I. okay. so if you are used to fast paced um, movies, if you are used to movies that outline every single cause and effect for you. You probably won't be a fan of the photograph because it kind of leaves you to connect the dots for yourself, which is very much so like Love Jones. As a fan of Love Jones, Love Jones is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the resemblance of Love Jones within the movie. So Issa, her character was uh, like a museum curator. And her mom was a photographer. And then you had Lakeith. His character was a writer. He was a journalist. It really reminded me of Love Jones because in Love Jones... Lorenz Tate's character was a writer as well, but he was writing a book, and then Nia's character was a photographer, like Issa's mom, so there were a lot of um, similarities between the two movies, and I do believe, now it made sense, like, after I saw it, because I had watched a lot of press interviews before I went and saw the film, and they kept referencing Love Jones, but I thought they were just referencing it because they were um, just talking about how much they loved the movie, but it really is like drawn from Love Jones. So I really liked it. I love that there were several storylines going at one time and several examples of love and different kinds of love going at one time. You had the Lakeith and Issa love. You had the um Lakeith's brother who Laurel played him and his wife you had their love story going you had Issa's mom and her dad's love story going at the same time um, and I believe oh and you also had Issa's friend and Lakeith's friend their story kind of going at the same time too so you had like four different love stories happening simultaneously and I love that it wasn't just focused on one person you had different examples of like how love happens and how different situations arise out of connections with people so I I love that. And my favorite part of the movie was the um when there was the storm and Issa's like sitting in the living room with the two nieces and they're like, you look like uncle, whatever his name is, his ex-girlfriend because children will tell on you like that Like you cannot leave children in a room with um your boyfriend or your girlfriend without supervision because they're gonna tell everything okay children are honest and if you have something to hide they're gonna uncover it so i really enjoy that part that was my favorite part of the movie i love the soundtrack i love the visuals but again i am interested in that sort of thing so if you aren't you probably again won't be a fan of the movie um and a fan of the pacing of it but I loved it I love that there was no screaming and hollering I love that there was no keying of cars I love that there were um no pregnancy scares there were no baby mamas crazy baby mamas I love you know I just love that it was just normal and it's crazy because I was watching um, They Gotta Have Us which is a small series on Netflix it is three episodes I highly suggest you watch it when you get a chance and it's just about black people's um, experience and history within the film and television arena and entertainment arena but more specifically like film so they cover like Diane Carroll Sidney Poitier, Harold Belafonte um, Spike Lee uh, who else do they talk about in there jordan peele um barry jenkins like the prominent you know black directors writers ruth um ruth carter is her name ruth carter i think so the um wardrobe designer her um i can't casey i believe her name is casey lee Casey Simmons or something like that she was the female director that directed Eve Bayou so you had all of these pivotal figures in that you know those three episodes so I highly suggest you go and watch it but I said that to say um, there was a moment in um, that series where oh my gosh I'm drawing a blank but his name is Jackson on Grey's Anatomy the actor who plays Jackson he was saying that you know, other races, more specifically white people, get to make films about anything. They can make films about a dog going missing and how the dog reminds them of their mom. But black people don't necessarily get to do the same thing. Um, so I love that because I love that the photograph was not the stereotypical um, black movie. Like, And I don't mean that in an offensive way, but just what we are used to seeing in black film the story took its time, you kind of had to connect with it on your own and draw your own conclusions. So I love that. But that's just me. That's just me. Now moving on Um, the next, you know, speaking of movies, let's talk about the Candyman preview. So the Candyman preview released a few days ago, I think it came out on leap day, the 29th, I could be wrong. But it was um, produced by Jordan Peele, so I do want to clarify that because it was produced by Jordan Peele, but it was directed by Nina, Nina da Costa, Nina DaCosta or Nia DaCosta. I believe it's Nina da Costa, and she is a black woman, Nia DaCosta. Black woman, brilliant, and I have seen a lot of people say, like, oh, Jordan Peele's movie, but it's not Jordan Peele's movie. Jordan Peele produced it. Nia DaCosta directed it. So, let's just, you know, make that distinction because I do want to make sure she gets her credit um, and that it doesn't just turn into a Jordan Peele movie because that can happen. You know, we are used to Jordan Peele's work. We've seen Us. We've seen Get Out, and we love it. We've seen The Twilight Zone. I loved his. Version of the Twilight Zone but we've seen It and we love him so whenever We see his name associated with Something we want to you know always draw It back to him but in this case He produced it Not directed it okay Let's make sure we you know Keep that separation and If you watch the trailer um, I saw a lot of people say like oh my gosh How is Jordan Peele always able To ruin our favorite songs So in the trailer you remember um Get Out not Get Out Um, Us, the song was I Got Five on it and he like remixed it to make it scary. In this trailer he was able to remix Say My Name and make it scary because you know that Candyman's whole thing is like say his name five times in a mirror so you can like draw the similarity like Say My Name, Say My Name. But if you have not seen the trailer yet, please go and watch it. You will not be disappointed now i know that was long but that's all i have for carefree updates thank you for staying for the updates hopefully you heard about something that you hadn't heard about before got some more information on something that you had already known about you all know how this goes we're going to have a brief break for our sponsors because they help this show keep rolling and then we're going to hop back in i'm going to come back for our topic of the day you don't want to miss it All right, so boom, here we go. Last week, you all remember that I said I was going to use this week's episode to talk about a mission, talk about your mission, how to develop your mission statement as a person. I'm really excited about this episode because, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm like patting myself on the back because I feel like this is going to be super, super helpful To all of you, you know, every single last one of you, unless you already have a mission statement that you've been using for years. But if so, you know, maybe this is time for you to redevelop it or spruce it up a little bit. So this is going to be more of an interactive kind of episode. So if you have a pen and paper, I highly suggest that you take it out get it ready because you're going to want to write down some of these things that I'm going to tell you today. So it's all about a mission statement. What is your mission statement in your life? How do you develop it? Why do you even need one? So if you remember last week, I told you all... um I believe it was during Shakira's Keys at the end of the episode that I told you, you know, I got this new devotional book. It's by Iyana Van Zant. It has daily devotionals and February 22nd's devotional really stuck with me. And I covered it a little bit in Shakira's Keys, but I wanted to share it with you all before we really dove deep into this episode. So it says deal, you know, it starts off, you know, February 22nd, and each devotional starts with a quote from someone. And the quote on this one is deal with yourself as an individual worthy of respect and make everyone else deal with you the same way. And that quote is by Nikki Giovanni. After she gives the quote, she goes into like a brief, you know, paragraph about what you should keep in mind with you throughout that day. And then at the end, there is, I guess you can say like a affirmation kind of sentence and what i have started to do um while i've been going through these devotionals is trying to say the sentence out loud because when you put things out into the atmosphere they come back to you words have power one of my cousins told me that a few months ago she was like you know you need to speak things because words will go out and do what you said words will go out and do the work that you sent them out to do and they'll come back. So anyway, I try to say it out loud. And then at the very end, there is a reflection section. But here is the paragraph. It says, many of us live from day to day without a real sense of purpose. We know we want more out of life, but we can't seem to put a finger on exactly what it is. We believe our fate is due to a lack of career, money, or the freedom to do what we want. Actually, what we may be longing for is a personal mission. When you have a mission, you have a core passion that gives you vision. With the vision of your mission, you move gracefully through your goals. When you have a mission, you wholeheartedly embrace a task and you remain focused until the task is done. When you have a mission, you feel valued, worthy, and respectable. You manage to keep your head up and others noticed. What is your mission? Is it reaching? Is it teaching? Is it healing, painting, driving? Perhaps it is building snowmen, counting peapods or keeping others on their mission. Respect your life enough to purpose a meaningful mission. Respect yourself enough to give yourself something to do. I love that. So if you want to write that down, that last sentence, um, last two sentences, actually, again, it says, respect your life enough to pursue a meaningful mission. Respect yourself enough to give yourself something to do because that is so important. So the affirmation statement on this one is I am mission minded and focused on a goal. And the reflection at the end says, think about your life's mission. What are you living for and why? Write down your mission statement and speak it out loud to three people. So, you know, I read this and I was like, oh, that's good. Like it really got me thinking. Because I was like, I don't have a personal mission statement. Like, what am I doing? Um, So, as many of you all know, for undergrad, I got my bachelor's degree in business from the best HBCU in the nation, Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University in Florida. So, um, my degree there was in business. My minor was in public relations. But in business in the school of business and industry they one of the classes that i had i can't even remember the name of it, y'all i feel like it was so long ago one of the classes i had was like business development and it goes through all of these things that you need within a business one of the things that they stressed so much that i got tired of hearing it was a mission statement A business needs a mission statement because a mission statement basically sets the core and foundation for the business's practices. I'm really sounding like a business major right now, (laughs) but I guess that degree wasn't all wasted. So um, the mission statement is basically kind of the flashlight like guiding the path of where the business is going to go or where it should go to keep it on the straight and narrow so i found a definition from entrepreneur.com to give you all a mission statement definition Remember that this is for a business and the definition says, but you're going to see in a second why I'm telling you about the business aspect because it all, it all connects. Stay with me. So a mission statement defines what an organization is, why it exists. It's reason for being Let me say that again. This is again, in terms of a business, the mission statement defines what an organization is, why it exists and it's reason for being at a minimum, your mission statement should define who your primary customers are, identify the products and services you produce and describe the geographical location in which you operate. Now, I feel like that's a little dated. Um, Speaking from a business standpoint, I don't think that a business. Um, necessarily has to include a geographical location in their mission statement because there's always room for growth. And I don't think that you should limit yourself in that aspect, but that's just one girl's opinion. So I wanted to, you know, that is the definition of that, but I wanted to share three different mission statements with you from three different companies that I am sure you've heard of um the first if you're on an iPhone I'm sure you've heard of Apple so Apple's mission statement is bringing the best customer experience to its customers through its innovative hardware software and services so you can kind of see how Apple stays in line with that mission um Do we always have the best user experience? No, not really. But I do think they try, you know, their hardest. And again, it says through innovative hardware, software and services. I mean, let's keep it real. Apple has stayed at the forefront of software development and hardware in computers and phones. Um, I what were the things called? What were the things called iPods, (laughs) like all of those things, iPads, they have stayed at the forefront of developing those products for a long time. So I believe that they have, you know, stayed along their mission statements um, path and followed that within their practices of their business. Next, Google, their mission statement is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. I think Google does a great job of staying in line with their mission statement because they do organize the world's information. You can Google anything. Like if you have a question about something, most people's first thought is not to go to the library and find a book about it and read about it. It's, oh, Google that. Let me Google that. If I have a question about something, who was the first president of the United States? Oh, Google it. So I think that Google does a good job with staying in line with that mission And lastly, um, let's talk about Starbucks. So Starbucks' mission statement is to inspire and nurture the human spirit, one person, one cup, and one neighborhood at a time. I think it's safe to say that, you know, They've been doing that, right? So those are, I wanted to share those examples of mission statements with you so you could kind of see how businesses do it because your personal mission statement is basically going to be developed the same way. And hopefully once you set that foundation of your mission and what your mission statement is, it'll help guide the things that you do and how you move and navigate in this world, in your life. So Why do you need a personal mission statement? If you're writing this down, one, you need a personal mission statement because you're giving yourself direction. By developing a mission statement, you are basically creating a roadmap to the different things that you do. Once and once we get a little bit further into the episode, it'll start making more sense. But once you develop a mission statement Um, You start to realize that certain things don't matter, like certain things have no value to you and certain things are not adding to your life in any way. And maybe you can reconsider doing them or maybe you don't even have to reconsider because you've developed a strong mission statement and you know off the bat whether or not something um, is going to direct you in the path that you personally want to go. So that's number one. You need a personal mission statement because you're giving yourself direction. Number two, why do you need a personal mission statement? You need to remind yourself of what matters to you. Those two go hand in hand. Um, I am going to share my mission statement with you all and then kind of break down all of this. So if it's not making sense right now, I apologize. I promise by the end of the episode, it's going to make sense. It needs to remind you of what matters to you oftentimes we um you know we get involved in so many things we start doing so many things, and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong, you should try new hobbies, you should try new things, you should go new places. Not saying that you don't do those things, but you are constantly reminded of what matters to you because sometimes other people can project things that matter to them onto you and you take those things on for yourself and you start to believe that they matter to you, but they really don't. Um, Example, I have a friend um, and she loves designer items. She loves designer items. Uh, name brand stuff right and for a long time you know she would like send me stuff and I'm like oh girl that's cute I'm gonna save my money too let's buy that but recently I will say within the past year I realized that those things don't matter to me like I don't care about designers I don't care about um, name brand I don't care about high fashion like those things give me no value and not to say that you know I've I'm one of those people that's like, don't buy designer. Don't buy name brand. It's not, you know, it's not good. Leave it in the store. I'm not one of those people. If that's something that matters to you, if that's what makes you happy, go for it. Like, And if you have the means to buy it, go for it. But just me personally, I realized that it doesn't matter to me. Those things don't bring me joy. They don't add anything to my life. Um, So I had to learn that. That, you know, my association with that friend, I was just like picking up on things that matter to her. So by developing your own personal mission statement, you're going to be reminded of what matters to you as a person and kind of just throwing away all the things that other people have projected onto you that matters to them. Thirdly, and this is the last reason you need a personal mission statement. It is to decide whether or not to do things that align with your mission. I kind of touched on this during the first point when I said it's going to give yourself um, direction, but um, it's going to help you become way more clear on what not only matters to you, but whether something aligns with your mission in life. And if something doesn't align, you can just like, okay, can't do that. I'm sorry. Um, And you don't even have to apologize for not doing something, but you're going to know off the bat whether or not something aligns with your mission. All right. So I decided to share my well first develop because this was an exercise that I had to go through myself first before I shared anything with you all, because I don't believe in just like spewing information or spewing like feel good stuff that's going to like get you all hyped you know for the time being I want to share information that's going to stick with you all and that you all know that I have tried it for myself and you know if I did it you can do it too so I worked through this myself before I started like making points that I wanted to share with you all so I worked it took some time it took a little prayer and some Introspection um, and reflection on my life to really develop a mission statement that I felt was great for me. Yours is going to be different. If yours is the same, that's fine, but I do encourage you to um, change it up some. Like, find what actually matters to you. Your mission statement is not my mission statement. My mission statement is not yours. And also keep in mind that it is okay if you're writing this down, write this down, please. It is okay for your mission statement to change over time. It is fine. Even um, Google, Starbucks, Apple, they, you know, reconvene during the year, during different years. And they get their boards together and redevelop mission statements and revisit, revisit I was about to say vision. And I put the two words together. <laughs> they revisit um, mission statement and their vision statements as a company. So... If in a year or two years or three months, if you decide that, you know, maybe this mission statement isn't working for me anymore, or maybe you find something that aligns more so with your life at a new stage, it's fine to revisit it. So know that mission statements can change. It's fine. So my mission statement is here it is. okay. my mission is to use my creativity and vision to create works. After works, I have parentheses, visual, comma, audio, and written, in comma, in uh, in parentheses, that will inspire, encourage, and motivate others. And because I messed that up so badly, here it is again. My mission is to use my creativity and vision to create works works being visual audio and written works that will inspire encourage and motivate others so that is my mission statement and if you want to write that down feel free to so that you can like plug in your own things um that matter to you if you want to change some words but that can give you like a great base to start with so how do you create your own mission statement this is the next uh Section of your notes, if you're keeping track, how to create your own mission statement. Number one, think about um, the things that you like to do and why you like to do them. So oftentimes the things that you find joy in doing are great to have in your mission because you will probably be doing them for free. Example. I have been blogging and creating content way before I even knew that people got paid for this. Like I had no idea. And I still to this day to this day (laughs) create out of a space of love for creating and not for love of money. Like, Oh, I'm going to put this podcast out because I need some money this week or I'm going to write this blog post or I'm going to post this YouTube video because I need some money right now. I don't, and I never want to get to a place where my motivating factor is money. I never want to get to that place. I always want my motivating factors to be two things. One, just my love for creating and just wanting to get something out, or two, wanting to encourage or motivate others to, you know, do something, to aspire to something. So that's me. And that is why, you know, I say think of the things that you like to do and why you like to do them. Remember in my mission statement, it says to create works, um, visual. Audio, written, visual being the film and television kind of stuff I like to do, audio being the podcast because I love this, written being the blogs and other things and other fields that I want to get to that require me to write more. So those are the things that I like to do and that's why I like to do them. So think about the things that you like and why you like to do them as well. Um, personally, I love having people connect with something that I've experienced and not only connect with it, but learning from it. And I love having ideas and just like putting them out there, no matter how crazy they may be, just because I love making something from scratch. Another example, I was watching, um, I watch a lot of like production videos on YouTube It's a problem. (laughs) It's not a problem. It's a good problem to have. But I watch a lot of production videos on YouTube. And I was like, oh my gosh. I want to make a stop motion video. Just to make it. Like for no particular reason. But just because I would love to make one. And I came into work actually today. And they had just finished making a stop motion video. And it's crazy because that had been on my mind for so long. And another thing I'm learning is that things that you want to do will be drawn unto you and you just have to follow through. It's crazy that, that, you know, the first thing I came in, they were like, we just finished making a stop motion video. And I'm like, are you serious? I have been wanting to do that for a few weeks now. So anyway, off that soapbox, um, think about what it is that thrills you. Is it cooking? Uh, is it fashion, Is it clothes? Is it creating like me, like creating something from scratch? Is it educating people? Um, Do you really love explaining things to people in a way that they never heard it broken down before? That's educating people. Do you love traveling and showing people that there's more to the world and trying to encourage them to travel as well? That is something that, you know, you can use in your mission statement. There are so many things that can thrill you. Um, These were just a few for you to think about, but I do suggest in your mission statement, finding one, you know, one thing that you want for it to be focused on. So like, again, I love creating works. I also love clothes and fashion, but I don't want to include clothes and fashion in my mission statement because then it will make it too cluttered. With and also I feel like You know that's just something I like but it doesn't Have anything to do with my personal mission You know Um, But that draws me into the next Point of how To create your own mission statement Number two if you're taking notes Is make it short and concise Make it short and concise Remember back in the day there was um I don't know where it came from But there was like this saying people would say like Be brief brother be brief You need to think about that when you're making your mission statement. Be brief, brother. Be brief. Okay, so when you're making your mission statement, this is not the time for you to list everything that matters to you. This is not the time to do that. So, um, example, my mission is to be the best fashion designer in the industry and have my design in every storefront across the globe and have Beyonce wear my design on her next tour. And then after that, I'm going to retire to Honolulu. Uh -uh, uh -uh, uh -uh, uh -uh, uh -uh. it's too long first of all many of those things are goals your goals are not what you put in your mission statement goals are what you develop from your mission statement goals are like so like the mission statement gives you the outline and the purpose and you draw the goals from that like you pick your goals out from how they relate to that mission statement so That, the example I just gave you all, is too long. A mission statement should be, like, a sentence. Two sentences max. But I highly suggest a sentence. You can say a lot in one sentence. Make it short, because you need to always be able to, like, quickly reference it. And let's keep it G-like. Nobody is remembering something that's two to three sentences long. (laughs) Okay, like, boil it down to one sentence It's not that hard once you really sit down and get down to the bones of what you want your mission to be. Um, Again, the one where I just gave you, I want to be a fashion designer, retire to Honolulu, have Beyonce wear my stuff on tour, you know, have my designs all across the globe. Those things also... They have an end result included in them. So that is what you don't want in your mission statement too, which is point number three. Don't make your own end result. Do not make an end result in your mission statement. Again, my mission statement, my mission is to use my creativity and vision to create works that will inspire, encourage, and motivate others, period. That's it. Do I want to retire in a nice home and you know, help people. Yeah. But I didn't include that in my mission statement. Um, I didn't say that, like, I want to have enough money to live comfortably and I want to be in a position, a position to assist the homeless and the disenfranchised. Yeah. I want to do all those things, but those are results of the mission. You have to be confident enough in your mission statement that you know that by staying true to that mission, Um, You'll eventually draw all those things that you want unto you So notice I said draw them to you And not that you have to chase them Um, What's for you will never have to be chased What's for you will never have to be chased It'll never have to be hunted down You'll never have to trick it into falling into your lap um, Or coerce it into being yours Trust you me These past few months have been so pivotal for me because I haven't chased a single thing. Like, do you hear me? I haven't chased a single thing. And when you hear that off rip, you might think, oh, you haven't been doing anything. I have. But all the things that I want and all the things that have been for me have been drawn unto me. And I know that sounds kind of like woo woo spiritual, super spiritual, like heightened level third eye kind of thing but it's really so simple it's just as simple as that like um one day I'm gonna go more in depth about that but for now just trust my word what's for you as long as you are living right and not focusing on other people's lane it will always be placed in your path always trust me but back to the mission statement um don't create the end result who knows like what you think you may want may be so much smaller compared to what you can receive if you don't limit yourself, which segues into my next point And is it the final point? Not the final point, but almost. We're almost there. Point four, don't set limits on your mission. You are limitless during this time. So when you're developing your mission statement, this is the time for you to dream. This is the time for you to... Throw all of your eggs in the basket and not limit yourself, not getting your head and say, "Well, I can't do that," um, or maybe that's too big. Maybe I need to dial it down some. Your mission statement is not the time to do that. Your mission statement is not the time to second guess um, things. You just need to be putting your foot on the gas the entire way through when you're developing your mission statement this is the time for you to be on go you are limitless so do not set limits on your mission statement that's point 4.5 point and the last one is think about how other people fit into your mission um don't but do it in a way that you don't make it about other people um and when i say that i mean like it's not a competition so Think about how what drives you and what fuels you can enhance the lives of other people, but don't do it in a way that, um, what's a good example? Like I want to be the best content creator in the United States. I want to have the most YouTube subscribers on the YouTube platform. When you do that, you know, that can be a goal. That can be a goal, but I Don't think that you should make that a mission statement because when you do that, then you are setting yourself up to compare or create metrics um, to compare yourself to other people. So by saying I want to have the most subscribers on the YouTube platform, you're going to be less concerned about the content that you're putting out and your growth on the YouTube platform and more concerned about what sally may how many subscribers sally may has over on her channel or doug has over on his channel you're making it about another person when is this is the time your mission statement is the time for it to be about you but think about how you can use your mission to enhance the lives of others again revisiting my mission statement my mission is to create Well, to use my creativity and vision to create works, visual, audio, and written that will inspire, encourage, and motivate others. That is how I drew other people into my mission statement, because I do believe that by the things that I create and put out there that they can inspire, encourage and motivate other people. But I'm not making it about other people. You know, it's still about me as a person, but I'm not creating a metric um, for comparison to anyone else. It's solely about Shakira. So it's just about you. It's just about you. Don't make it about other people. Don't make it a race. Don't make it a competition. It's just about you and how you can use those things to help other people. So that's all I have for how you should develop your mission statement and finding out what matters to you so you can give yourself direction. Remember number one and find out what matters to you. Number two and number three, decide whether or not things that you do will align with your mission so i hope that this episode will be helpful or has been helpful to you don't forget to share it with your friends your peers your classmates your professor your auntie your cousin down the street um day day at the corner store (laughs) share it with someone and also i do encourage you to leave us a rating on whatever platform you're using to listen if you're on apple leave us five stars and a quick little you know sentence or two about how we've helped you or why you like this podcast it helps us a lot with um discovery because the more ratings the more good ratings you have Um, five-star, the more the platform pushes it to other people so that we can continue to grow our carefree family here on our corner of the internet. But stay tuned because next we have Shakira's keys. It's not over. It's not over y'all. Okay. So Shakira's Keys has grown to be one of my favorite parts of the episodes, the weekly episodes, because I like just kind of it forces me to one reflect on what I have been thinking about throughout the um, I guess you can say the course of the week, because when I start to revisit a certain thoughts often, I'm like, okay, maybe I should talk about that during Shakira's Keys. So here we are. Let's talk about it. Um, this week, let's see, this week I was thinking about the idea that we've all heard before, we're not new to this, um, about faith and fear not being able to coincide with each other. So, coincide defined because I'm a sucker for definitions, defined is to occur at the same time for two things to happen together or coexist. All right, so let's talk about that. Faith and fear are like two roommates that would kill each other or burn the house down if they were forced to live in the same space. Faith would want fear to pipe down so she could get some work done, so she can work on some things and just reach her highest level as she's been wanting to do. While fear, on the other hand, would want faith. (laughs) <laughs> to stop being so bold, stop being so loud, stop being so abrasive. Fear would want faith to shut up while he or she thinks about all the possible ways um, that a certain thing could not work or would not work. All the possibilities of why something would not work. So if there's one thing that I have learned during this past year, it is that faith well fear. Fear doesn't mean you any harm. So there was this, you know, point in my life where I feel like, oh, my gosh, I got to get rid of fear. Stop being scared. Stop being scared. But I realize that fear doesn't mean you any harm. Fear is not there to hurt you. Fear wants you to be safe and comfortable. Um, But knowing what we know, we know that what we want exists outside of that comfort zone. So that places fear Along you know the gates of your comfort and it also places you at odds with faith and the pursuit of our dreams It puts those two things at odds because you have fear who wants you to be comfortable and safe And you have faith who wants you to pursue the highest version of yourself and reach for the stars So while fear means well there is nothing that you are going to be missing once you step outside of that comfort zone. So either you choose fear and comfort or you choose faith and the things that come with it. Um, it's not always comfortable and it's not always easy, but it is always worth it. So it is your choice. Remember that this week. Remember that throughout the week, faith and fear cannot coincide. They would tear each other up in the house. So you got to kick one out and just acknowledge fear and let her or him know that you see them. You acknowledge their presence. You know that fear is there because it wants you to be comfortable and it wants you to be safe. But now is not the time to be comfortable and safe. Now is the time to take the risk and do the thing that scares you. I'm rooting for you and I hope you make the right choice. Remember that throughout this week. Stay black, carefree, and I'll see you next time in the next episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries. Bye, guys.